What's up, Bridge Youth? How are we doing tonight? Hey, that is what's up. Hey, so, so, so stoked to see you guys. Anybody in the room that maybe doesn't know who I am, my name's Corey, alongside my beautiful wife, Amber, and a handful of other people, we get to lead this crazy, cool, awesome, amazing thing called Bridge Youth. And can I just tell you, we love you guys so much. We love you so, 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 so much. And I'm feeling not as loved because that wasn't really reciprocated. We love you. That like Wednesdays and Sundays is legit like the highlight of our week. Legit. And, and I golf almost every Friday morning. So that could be the highlight, but it's not. You're the highlight of our week. And so look at your neighbor say, you look good. Look at your other neighbor say, you look good as well. Tell them, even though I chose you second, you still look good. Now let them know you just don't look as good as the first neighbor I chose. That's why I chose <laughs> you second. Uh, hey, if you're brand new, maybe you've never been to our church before. Maybe you've never been to church before, and here you are. You wound up here. We've met a couple new people already. One of our favorite things in the world is meeting new people. And if you're brand new, whether you're right here in the room or maybe you're watching online, you're the coolest person in the room. We love you. We're so stoked you chose to spend some of your time here with us. We're so stoked. We got, man, like you guys have busy schedules, and you chose to spend some of your time with us. We think that's so cool. We got a bunch of our Linfield football players here today. They're like, it's bye week. We're finna be at church. We got a buddy. We got a friend in the house whose back is broken. Literally, he broke his back, and he is in church. What a dog. Love that, man. It's so cool. Um, and we like welcoming our guests every week in a way that for us, this never gets old. It never gets old for us. We like welcoming our guests <clears throat> by saying, we are here to build you up, not yeah, we love you, we back you, and we're so glad that you're here. If you're in the room, you are family. Um, we kicked off two weeks ago, we kicked off a series entitled Chapters. And tonight we're moving into the third installment of this series. Anybody else just been loving and enjoying this series so far? It's been so awesome. You know, I think it's so cool, it's so important to not just hear not just step into moments where we get to hear sermons and messages be preached, but we also hear people's lives stories and what God's done in their life and, and both victories and, and struggles, valleys, mountaintops, and everything in between and how it is that God works. The Bible says we will overcome by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We'll overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That means that because of Jesus' sacrifice and our testimony, our stories, our chapters, that that's how we overcome the enemy. Now, here's one of the biggest things. Tonight, you're going to hear two more, um, two more people's stories and chapters. But one of the, like, so you'll learn some lessons. There'll be things to write down. But one of the overarching things that we want you to walk away with is this. You have a story, and your story matters. Look at one of your neighbors. Choose one, not the other. If it's the same one that you chose last time first, you might have to explain to your other neighbor why you continually choose them second. But look at your neighbor and say, you have a story, and your story matters. Now pick somebody across the room, stare them in the eyes, and say, you have a story, and your story matters. My guy in the Demon Slayer shirt, you have a story and your story matters. <laughs> you have a story. So one of the things that we really, 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 really hope you walk away with. Remember earlier, Wyatt, we were talking about in preaching how you change your cadence and your tempo. That was it right there. You really, 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 really walk away with is that this is a platform but you have so many platforms in your life in which you can share your story from. And platforms don't always look like stages with lights and microphones. Sometimes they look like, like social media. Sometimes they look like friend groups. Sometimes they look like the sports team that you're on. Sometimes they look like that one friend that you have. And you might not have a thousand friends, but you have one friend and you are the best friend that that person will ever have. And that can be your platform and your sphere of influence. So God's entrusted you with some influence and God has given you a story. 
Would you share it? Because you have a story, and your story matters. And this is a series all about the chapters that make up the stories of our lives. Amen? Hey, in just a moment, we're going to bring up a young lady that's become something like a little sister to Amber and I. Um, they're great, great, their whole family are, are great friends of ours, and, and there are people who we've walked through um, difficult times with, we've walked through great times with them, um, we've celebrated monumental and awesome moments, and we've also walked through some struggles together, and how many people know that that's what real families do together, right? Like, that's what we do together. We're here to celebrate the high moments with you, we're here to go to your games and see you win by 40, we're here to go to your games and see you lose by 50, not shouting out anybody or anything, just saying. We're here to walk through mountaintop seasons and valley seasons. And it's been so cool to be able to walk with this, uh, this young girl through some of those seasons. See the way that God's worked through her and in her life. It's so, 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 so rad. Can I just, can I just uh, uh, throw this side thing in there real quick? One of the things that we love about series like this is that you're going to get to see somebody that you'll see yourself in get on the platform. Because... I'm a young man, but I'm a little bit older than you, and I'm a guy. So you're going to get to see, hey, all the ladies say, hey. God has anointing on your life too and calls you into places and spaces of leadership and preaching and authority as well. And so many of you young ladies are going to get to see a bit of yourself and the young lady that's going to come and preach. I hope that it's inspiring to you, but I know it's going to be encouraging to everybody. But it's also probably going to challenge you a little bit as well. So do me a favor. If you have a journal, if you have a notebook, uh, uh, pull that out. Get ready to write some stuff down. If you don't have something to write on right now, can I encourage you in the future? Bring a journal. Bring a notebook. Start writing some stuff down. If you're more of a, no, I like to do it on technology type of person, all good. Go to your notes app. Open your notes app and get ready to write some stuff down. Because I promise you this, if your heart's open, if you lean in, then God's going to speak to you. He's going to encourage you through this person's chapter. So would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? Would you put your hands together for the one and only Brie? Or Brie Lynn? Brie or Brie Lynn? Brie. Get it, girl. Love you. Hi guys. <laughs> okay, um, if you didn't catch it, my name is Bree. Um, <laughs> um, I'm 15 years old and a little bit about me is I've been a Christian all my life. I've grew pretty much up in this church. I've been here since I was in preschool. Um, so it's been definitely seeing, it's been definitely cool to see this church grow and evolve throughout the years, many, many years. Um, as I go straight into my message, there's some things that I want us to remember as Christians or whether you just met God and brought him into your life or whether you've been a Christian your whole life as well as I have. Um, in your faith, there's going to be times where you struggle and it's not always going to be easy. Even when you walk it out with God, even if you put God on the back burner, it's definitely not going to be easy. But with God by your side, walking it out, it's going to be easier. So choose God through all. Um, it's definitely not going to be smooth sailing. And I've definitely <laughs> went through some struggles with my family and all stuff like that. And I put God on the back burner, and it definitely was not a good choice at all. But I came back from that, and I put God first, and I put him there. And it was definitely, like, more... Not smooth sailing, but it was definitely still more, like, smooth with him. And I just want to remind you guys, don't go, just go to God when it's convenient. Go to him when it's hard. Because <laughs> going to him. <laughs> going to him when it's hard is, the easy, is hard to do, but it's easier for you in the long run. And as Christians, we struggle with our own battles. And it could be mental health, family, or even so, so much more. Everyone's life and journey is different for everyone. And with that being said, I do struggle with anxiety, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And everyone has their struggles, and just know you are definitely not alone. Okay, so my chapter one is struggling through chaos. Um, a little bit of background on anxiety. There are plenty of different types. Um, personally, I struggle with uh, heavily breathing, um, panic attacks, and being severely overwhelmed, and it's definitely very scary, 
But just remember, like, everyone goes through their things. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to have depression. It's okay to be scared in many situations. But just know walking through it with people and God in your community will make you so much stronger. <laughs> and a verse that I want to highlight is Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. One day, I was getting into a story, one day I was home alone, and we have this most annoying alarm system that you could ever think of. It, when you constantly open the door, it just goes off, and it's something else. <laughs> it definitely got me this time. Um, I was, as I said before, I was home alone, and the alarm went off. So all I thought to myself was, there's someone in the house. So as I do, if you know me, I like to run in situations <laughs> that are weird. And so I ran straight to the door, and I closed it, and I locked it. And that definitely was not the end of the story. Um, getting into more detailed, I started to heavily breathe. I started to panic. My brain lost its all insaneness that it had, and everything just went downhill. I was just sitting there, and I couldn't think straight. I couldn't get my mind to just go in a straight path. It was all over the place. And things I have to do in that situation is just, like, try to be my best to cope, try my best to calm myself down, calm my breathing down. And it's honestly the hardest thing I've ever struggled with in my life. And it's definitely hard to get through, but I end up getting through it. And that's the end goal of everything with that. Um, but, yeah. So we all have struggles, and just keep in mind, you are not alone. Um, my next chapter is Journey Towards Peace. After my panic attack happened, I started to question myself. I began thinking, why do I feel this way? This is not normal. Why is my brain going crazy? Why is my life like this? Like, why is this happening to me? God, why is this put on me? I have all this other stuff going on. I have school, and I have sports and all this stuff, like, why? Like, why is it me? Why does it have to be me? And just realizing that things like this happen all the time. Everyone has their own things, and I have to keep calm and realize I can get through this, and it's not, it's not going to be there forever. Um, just constantly thinking, why is my body getting out of control? Why is my brain like this? Like, why am I going through this? And in that moment, I just couldn't keep myself calm, and I just was just scared out of my life and just traumatized. It was honestly, yeah, one of the worst things I've ever struggled with in my life. But I remember after that moment happened, I immediately called my friend, and I just, I just had a realization. I need to sit in God's presence. I need to be present with him. I need to take away all distractions in my life. I need to focus on what he can speak through me through his word, have these beautiful moments and messages ahead of me that I can read in my Bible and just breathe through it. Like, God wrote the Bible for us, for us to read, for us to have peace with, for us to just read over and over again if you read the Bible cover to cover. Like, that's what you go to for everything and what you should go to through everything. And even sitting in worship, being present, like, just being present in church, being present listening to pastors and their messages, that's what's going to help you. Taking notes, looking back on your notes, thinking of things, oh, yeah, I remember Pastor Corey said that or he said this, and that's going to help me in the long run because I think that definitely helps me a lot. Like just remembering those little things and messages, even if it's not the big sermon and sentence or it's just like, or it's just one verse, <laughs> that thing can help you for the rest of your life even. And in that moment when I realized sitting in God's presence, God just used something so traumatic and so horrible in my life and used it to help me grace and be with him. God can use something so horrible, something he put in, something Satan might have put in your life or used you for, and he can use it for beauty. Um, John 16, 33. My ultimate favorite verse I have ever read, um, something that has stuck with me through everything, and I would just like to break it down because this is very, very important to me, and I hope it benefits all. Um, the first part of it is, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace. In my life, at that very moment, I needed God's peace. I needed peace. I needed God's peace. I needed both. And in that, 
I found myself going through his word, writing in my journal, highlighting different verses that could benefit me later, and this and that. Yeah, it got me through a lot. Um, the second part is, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Trials. Struggles are real, and everyone goes through them. As you can tell, I had anxiety. I've, I have had family problems. I've had multiple things go wrong, but I get through that with God. His guidance proceeds with me as I go through with him. <laughs> but as my dad says, it's how you react to them is makes you how a person you are. Being that person when you have something sad going on and you're just like, oh, like, you really got me. I'm just going to sit here. Like, don't, don't bother me. Just stop. Just, I can't. Like, it's okay to have those times, but don't let yourself sink in them. Don't let that be your personality. <laughs> like, <laughs> be that person who bounces back and is that smile or that sunshine in the person the next day. You have something bad that day. The next day you come back and you're like, okay, I got this. Like, you look good today. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> Be the brightness in someone's day and don't let those struggles define you because they are not who you are. <laughs> Next part is, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Overcome. It is human for everyone to have stress, anxiety, depression, all those things. It's how you overcome them that makes you who you are. Those things do not define you at all. It's how you overcome them and how you proceed your life that makes you who you are. And as I said before, do not just sink in those things because that's definitely not who you are and who God wants you to be. God has so much more for you and so much more for you in your journey. Like two months ago, I didn't know I was going to be up here. Like <laughs> it's crazy to think that after all this stuff that happens, there's light at the end of the road. There's light at the end of the wall. Like God will help you tear down that wall that has kept you from him. God will help you tear down that wall that's keeping you from different things of leading to other people, bring them to church. God will tear down that wall with you. Side by side, walk with you every step of the way. And as I conclude, one thing to take away from this story of how I struggled and overcame it is in the midst of all trial and struggle, stay by God and he will proceed with you through guidance. God has so much guidance and wisdom. God is so wisdom. He's full of light and surprise even for your life. And just remaining him. Don't put him on the back burner. I've done that before. It didn't work out. <laughs> don't repeat something. Don't put him on the back burner when you know that when you're with him, it's so much easier. And it might not be smooth sailing, but it will be easier. Trust me. Um, as we bow our head and close our eyes, keep in mind, God is with you. God loves you. Anything that happens, your mental health, any problems, it does not define you. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity that you have led me here, God, and just be able to be on this platform that Pastor Corey and Amber have gotten me here, God. And I just pray that anyone who's struggling with any mental health and illness or anything going on with their family, God, that you just walk with them through those times, God, that it is so important that you are with them and that you love them and you care for them, God. And I just pray for everyone in this room, if they're giving their life tonight, God, that they would just give it fully to you, God, that there's no hesitation, God, that they just give you their full life and their command and give you everything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Bree sharing her story? So proud of you, girl. So, so, so proud of you. Great job. Wow. Does anybody else just love, like, is, is transparency not so refreshing? Like, transparency to me is like, is like orange soda on a hot day. I don't know, like, I don't even like orange soda that much, but on a hot day, it hits different. And, and transparency in church is so refreshing to me. Because if you've been in church as long as, as myself and, and Bree, like, you know that, like, sometimes church can lack transparency. And so in a moment, I, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of lead us in a different type of moment to just, uh, um, I didn't really plan to do this, but I'm going to lead us in a little bit different type of a moment before we jump into our next, um, into our next speaker. But a few things before we get there that uh, Bree said that I want to just 
uh, repeat. And um, she talked about, she talked a little bit about like whether or not you're fight or flight. And she said, you know, in scary moments, I just, I, I, I run. I run and I lock myself in a room. My wife, my wife is completely flight. Like, if things go wrong, she's just going to run. I don't even know if that's necessarily true, if she's fight or flight. There's, I think for my wife, there's fight, flight, and then over here, there's an option to completely freeze, be essentially paralyzed, and look at her husband on what to do next. Like, if this place were to burst into flames, she would be like, what do we do, Corey? Be like, come here, throw her over my shoulder and run out the door, right? Like, but, but in life, so often, like, to trauma and tragedy, we can respond in fight or flight. And then what happens is some stuff can surface up in us, like anxiety or depression, mental health stuff. And we can start living in fear. And I love what Bree talked about. And, and I wrote it down like this. It wasn't exactly how she said it, but it's, it's, what, it's what spoke to me. Because, because I think for a long time, as my wife also has walked through anxiety, and, and I've walked through um, I've walked through episodes of, of depression and, and dealing with that. And, and I wrote down, the presence of blank is not the absence of faith. Now, hear what I'm saying. Because sometimes I think that the church has done a disservice to people. And this is why Bree's story and her chapters were so important tonight. Is sometimes churches and pastors and preachers and Christians do a disservice to people who struggle with this stuff. And they, they oversimplify what can be a very, very complicated type of situation. So what they'll say is, you have panic attacks? Okay, then you must not have faith. Oh, you deal with depression, then you just must not have very much faith. You have anxiety, then you don't have faith. But the presence of anxiety is not the absence of faith. I've seen my wife in the middle of a panic attack having the absolute greatest level of faith. I've seen my wife in, in, in moments of like rock bottom saying, you know, I feel like I have nothing but God and my word in this season, and Bree alluded to how important God's word is in seasons like that. And I just, I echo that completely. Can I tell you, young person, don't think that the, the presence of depression is the absence of faith. And don't let anybody convince you that because you're dealing with depression that, well, well, uh, well you just don't trust God. What? How about Elijah the prophet who dealt with depression and anxiety? Did he not trust God? Just because you're broken doesn't mean that God's far from you. In fact, Scripture talks about how God draws near to the brokenhearted. In the midst of our struggle, I love how Bree talked about run to God. Walk with him. You can have a greater closeness with God in your chapters of brokenness than any other time in your life. That's just up to you. So take Bree's advice and run to him. Don't run from him in those seasons. Because here's the thing. Like John 16, 33, that, that, that Brie broke down, which I don't know if you realize, Brie, what you were doing there as you broke that down and you went verse by verse, word by word, moment by moment. That's what's called expository preaching. Yeah. That's like, that is what, that is what we in the biz call next level. <laughs> you learn that. School of ministry students, you guys will learn that in your, uh, in your course called hermeneutics. Everybody say Hermeneutics. See, you're intellectual now, like Brie. <laughs> she broke that down, and, and she, she, she really dug into this. Jesus never, planned, no, Jesus never promised you, like, hey, come to me. Life will be easy. But I'll tell you this, it will be easier. Because then you walk with this, and she talked about uh, the verse that says, you'll walk with this peace, peace that surpasses understanding, and peace that doesn't even make sense. It was a great, great, great message. And the last thing that I'll, that I'll um, echo that she said is, is this. Don't sink. Don't sink. I love some of the things that Bree said like it was no big deal. She said, so I woke up the next day and said, this is tough and I'm struggling. But I can do this. I can make it. I am strong enough. Because you have a whole world and a whole culture and a whole lot of people on the internet that want to tell you, you can't make it. You're a victim. You're soft. You're fragile. You're a snowflake. You're not. And they want you to start repeating language like this. And I love seeing a 15-year-old girl that goes, no. 
nah, not me. I love how she even said, I, I leaned over to Amber. I was like, that's such like a girl's way to do it. She said, so I woke up the next day and I said, I can do this. You look good. <laughs> like, that's such like a girl's way. Come in the morning, it's like, I got this. I can do this. By the way, you look great, girl. And then walk out the door. Time for high school. <laughs> I love that. Man, start having that attitude. If you don't feel it, man, fake it till you make it. Start speaking it into existence. I can do this. I've got this. Not because I'm strong, but because God's going to give me the strength. Don't sink for a moment. For a moment. I want you to just picture what it looks like for somebody in the ocean to be drowning. And they're flailing their arms. And they barely keep their head above water and everything. And you might see somebody like that and go, oh my gosh, like what a terrible, horrible situation. They might as well just give up. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you only start sinking when you stop swimming. We think that struggle is a bad thing, don't we? Oh, I'm struggling. Oh, man. I'm just, uh, how you doing? Oh, struggling. <laughs> you know what struggling means? It means you haven't given up. It means you're still fighting. It means you're still swimming. It means you haven't sunk. Don't hit you don't want to listen to me? Fine. Listen to a 15-year-old girl then. <laughs> don't sink. I'm going to ask you, I said we're going to end this portion by doing something really unique. And, and uh, this moment won't have like the keyboard and the, the, the hazer going and everything. It'll just be lights up and just a moment of transparency because I want to pray for a handful of people. And I'm going to ask you to do what Bree was just willing to do. And, and just in a moment with everybody, you know, we always do the, all right, heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Come on. We always do that. But in this moment, just heads up, eyes open. Let's follow Bree's lead and just be transparent. If you've struggled with any level of uh, mental health and you'd, you'd like to just receive prayer over that right now, I want to pray for you. Um, I believe that God heals and he can heal you right now. For some, you'll have instantaneous healing. It'll be right here, right now, and God will heal you, and you'll walk forward into complete victory. For others, like my wife and myself, it'll be more of an ongoing and a progressive healing that God will walk you day by day by day. But like Bree said, God can use a horrible situation and turn it for good, which I don't even know if you realize this, but that is great theology because what a lot of 15-year-olds think is, well, God did this to me so that, no, no, God didn't, don't get it twisted. God didn't do that to you. It might have been a plan of the enemy. It might have been a result of, of just being in a broken, fallen, sinful world. God didn't do it to you. But what, how did Bree say? I wrote it down how she said it. God can take something horrible and make it something beautiful. And God can do that. So in a moment of just transparency, I know it's kind of a, it doesn't feel as like vibey because the keys aren't going. But I think this is a really, really special and unique and an important moment. If you're one of those people who've struggled with mental health in any way, I'll be, me and my wife will probably be the first to raise our hands and you'd like prayer. Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. You struggle with depression, maybe anxiety. Maybe you yourself has had panic attacks. Hey, there's a reason why I wanted heads up and eyes, eyes open. Just look around for a second. Like Bree said, you're not alone. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring healing. God, I pray every hand raised in the air right now that you would touch hearts and minds. God, I pray that you would shift the patterns of thinking that we have. Renew us, God, by, by renovating our minds. I pray for the young people who, who deal with anxiety that manifests itself in the way of panic attacks. God, I pray that they would never again experience a panic attack and you would heal them right now in Jesus' name. But God, if your healing will be progressive and they do experience it again, I pray in the midst of panic that there would also be peace, peace that doesn't make sense, that goes beyond understanding. God, I pray that you would just touch their hearts and their minds like Bree said, that they would know, like, this might be a horrible moment, but I know that there's hope, and this is for now. It's not forever. God, I pray for any person in the room that's dealing with depression. God, the mental, emotional roller coaster that doesn't even seem to, to make sense with the seasons of life. Sometimes, sometimes people who deal with depression, they feel the lowest 
at their highest moments of life. God, would you bring healing to them? Would you, God, meet them at rock bottom moments? God, I pray for a young person who has an eating disorder. God, that you would bring healing to their body. God, that you'd bring healing to their mind, to their spirit. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of these stories and the chapters that are represented by the hands that just went in the air, that you would take them, God, what, what is a horrible situation and moment, and that you would make it into something beautiful. Because only you can do that. And we trust that you will. Our faithful God, so we put it in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, one more time, can we just say thank you to Bree and her awesome story? Amen. Hey, um, we got one more story we're going to get into tonight, and, and this is a guy who, uh, who last year he interned with us. He's going to be doing a second year, and I um, absolutely love this guy. We, we meet um, once a month, and we hang out, and we chat ongoing, and, and we hang out more than, really more than that, but um, he's one of the people that the more time you spend with him, the more you love him, and one of the ways that I always describe this guy, he's just like solid dude, just like straight up solid dude and, and I love him so much and he's got he's got a really really amazing story and, and the chapters he's going to share with you tonight I just want to brace you for um for what you're going to hear because I promise you this that it will absolutely um be something that each and every one of us can learn from so keep those notebooks out keep the note notes app open be ready to write some stuff down and and we're going to have a, a really really cool moment towards the end of this. So prep your heart for what God is about to do. Hey, it's leg day. Would you do me a favor? Stand to your feet. Put your hands together for Cameron Chase. The star of Chasing Paradise Kids Camp. Hey, Bridge Youth. Hey, real quick, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you look good. You look good. All right, now turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, I can smell you from over here. You need to put on some deodorant. Hey, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Cameron. And I'm a former SOM student. And a lot of you know me as the guy that is chasing down students at the skate park trying to get them to sign in their name or yelling at you that it's five minutes till service and you need to head inside. <laughs> right. Real quick, I want to take this time to just say thank you so much to our wonderful, wonderful, amazing youth actually next-gen pastors, Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for this opportunity. All right, the question I want to pose to you guys today is what is the most destructive chapter that you have gone through in your life? Now, I can't talk about destruction without telling you guys a story about something very near and dear to me got destroyed, and that is my cell phone. It was when my cell phone got cracked. And it didn't just get cracked it got cracked on my birthday of all days, right? So this happened, let me tell the story. This happened like about five years ago, right? It's my birthday. I get this brand new phone. And for those of you who are taking notes, uh, October 29th, that's my birthday. So if you want to just write that down. It's coming up here real soon. Right, so I got this brand new phone. I'm having a birthday party. All my friends are there. We're playing some video games. It's a great time. And we have this really, really old ping pong table, right? Just play some ping pong with my friends. So that's what I do. We, go, we walk over to go play some ping pong. And I remember taking out my phone, brand new phone, and I set it right on the edge of the ping pong table. Some of you might know where this story is about to go. Right, so we're playing ping pong. I kind of suck at ping pong. I'm missing left and right. And then, bam, I hit one, and it goes right into the net and sits right in the middle, right? Those of you that don't know about ping pong tables, right, when you want to put a ping pong table away, you kind of, like, separate the middle and then you can like push the sides together and both the sides like go up like this pretty much, right? So here I am walking around the side to go, get the, to go get the ping pong ball and bam, I trip and I'm going face first right from the middle, chest first right from the middle of this thing. And I remember hitting it and the side of the ping pong table goes, fink. Y'all remember where my phone was? <laughs> it's sitting right there and I look up to see my phone catapulted into the air watching this thing fly through the air, and it was almost beautiful for a second, watching it fly through the air, until foom, 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 bam, lands face first right on the ground. And we've all had those moments where, like, we get a new phone, and we kind of, like, pull it out of our pocket, and it hits our side, and it goes straight to the ground, and we're like, oh, no, please don't be broken, please don't be broken, please don't be broken, and you pick it up, and it's fine. I knew watching my phone fly 20 feet through the air and land face first, I was like, 
it's done. <laughs> it's done. That thing is cracked. And sure enough, I walk over and pick it up, and it's cracked. And in fact, I still have that phone to this day, and it is cracked still right along this line. Right, that's not really the story I want to tell you guys today, but I do want to talk about destruction. Destruction. I believe in our lives, we will have chapters, we will have seasons of struggle, of, of heartbreak, of destruction. And I'm no exception to that. So my first chapter today is destruction. Destruction. A little about me. I grew up in the church. I actually grew up in this church. Got here around fifth grade. My whole family got here. So I grew up a Christian. And really the chapter I want to talk to you guys about today is, is it's about my older brother. And it's roughly five years ago. My older brother, he started to smoke some weed. Not a big problem at the time. The only problem was is that uh, he then very quickly transitioned to very, very hard drugs. And he got addicted to those drugs very, very quickly. And over the next six years, I had to watch my older brother, who I loved dearly, who I aspired to be like, I had to watch him turn into a hateful, hurting person. One of the stories I want to talk to you about today happened. I was here at the church, and I get a phone call from my little brother. He's like, Cameron. You got to get over here. Austin, that's the name of my older brother. Austin, Austin's going crazy right now. You just got to get over here. He's threatening to hurt mom right now. You got to get over here. So I hop in the car. I'm filled with emotions. I'm scared. I'm angry at the same time. And, and I drive over there. I get there as fast as I can. And immediately I walk in. And it's a fight going on right now. But my mom kind of calms down because I'm there. And I remember my mom saying, Austin, you cannot stay here anymore. You have to. To leave. Immediately I knew my brother was using at the time. And I remember my brother standing there going, I'm not going to leave. Why would I leave? I'm not leaving. So my brother says, or my mom says, all right, fine then. I'm just going to pack your stuff and I'm going to throw it outside. So she runs upstairs real quick to go get his stuff. And I remember seeing my brother immediately get horribly angry. And he gets up and he sprints upstairs as fast as he can. And I'm scared. I'm like, he better not hit my mom right now. So I run upstairs as fast as I can. I get up those stairs, and I see him immediately kind of juggling a bag kind of with my mom in the moment. And I see his hands. They're very clenched. They're ready to go. And I'm just like, I got to get in the way of this. I got I to gotta stop this from happening. So I put myself in between my mom and my brother, and I make sure his anger is directed on me. And I remember in that moment... He's angry at me. He lunges at me and spits at me in my face. And I instinctually, I just push him away. And immediately right after that, he grabbed this big vape in his hand and he cracks it over my head. And he starts beating me with this vape. And I fight back as much as I can. I push him down. And by the grace of God, my dad was getting home from work right in that moment. And he runs upstairs and he was able to kind of push him down and hold him down. And I remember I'm holding down my brother who wants to hurt me really, really badly. And I'm holding him down as blood just begins to pour down my face. And I'm holding him there with my little brother there holding them as well. I'm standing there for a good 40 minutes until the police get there. Police finally get there. They put him in handcuffs. And I just remember getting up from that situation, walking into the bathroom. And I just stuck my head in the shower. And I turned on the shower. And blood just began to pour down my head into the shower. And I began to cry and started to mix with my tears. And I was asking, why? Why does this have to happen? Why do I have to my, watch my older brother who I love so much? Why does this have to happen? This was something that happened over, over six years of my life. And I began to feel during this time I was very depressed. I was anxious all the time. I began to feel very mentally broken. But the big thing that I started to do is I started to push people away in my life. I started to push away my friends. I started to push away my family. So today, a big point that I want to talk about is isolation. Isolation. Proverbs 18.1 says this, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. In other translations, it says, Whoever isolates himself is selfish. He breaks out against all sound judgment. See, isolation is a weapon that the enemy will use to keep you in your chapter of destruction. And it's so easy. It's so easy to just be like, I'm hurting right now. I'm suffering right now. So I'm just going to block everybody else out. I'm just going to create a bubble around me so I don't have to hear. And I could just wait in this bubble for this chapter to be open. But can I tell you, as somebody who has went through it, as somebody who has experienced it, when I did that, when I pushed away people in my life, the enemy just used that to push me down in a pit of despair more. 
So I want to talk to the people real quick today that feel like they are in that chapter of destruction. If you feel like that is you today, don't let the enemy use isolation to keep you in your chapter of destruction. Talk to people. Talk to people around you. Talk to the people that care about you, the mentors that care about you. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, hey, I don't have anybody like that. I don't have somebody that I can go to that I can go and talk to. Well, if you have nobody today, you can come talk to me. Hey, if maybe I'm not available, you can come talk to Pastor Corey, Pastor Amber. They're always available to come talk to you and hear from you. In fact, we have a whole room of leaders here that will be more than willing to talk to you. Could I real quick have all the adult leaders in the room just stand up, please, real quick? Yeah, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. If you, stay standing. Could you guys stand, stay standing, please, real quick? If you feel like you are in that chapter of destruction today and you're saying, hey, I have nobody to talk to, guys, guys, I want you to look around and see those men over there. Those are the people that you can talk to right there. Ladies, look around. You see those women right there? Those are the people that you can talk to tonight. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Don't let the enemy use isolation to keep you in your chapter of destruction. Be vulnerable. Go talk to somebody tonight. Some of you need to talk to somebody tonight. All right, now that we're through chapter one, we can now, your, your life has metaphorically been flying through the air, right? And it's landed face first. Right? <laughs> we now move on to chapter two. Chapter two is construction. Construction. I believe on the other side of destruction, on the other side of a chapter of destruction, sits a chapter of construction that God has prepared for you. But oftentimes it's not that easy. It's not as easy as just going from destruction to construction. It's not just a snap of the fingers. In fact, the time between destruction and construction is longer than what we want it to be. So I believe that there's a little space that sits in between destruction and construction. And I came up with a very, very knowledgeable, very, very profound name. It's, it's amazing. You guys ready? This name for this space that I came up with, blank space. <laughs> all right, all right. It's not that good. It's not that good. I, I understand it's not that good. <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Blank space. What is this blank space that I'm talking about? Right, blank space is a time in your life where you feel like you finally exited that season, that chapter of destruction, but you can't quite get into that chapter of construction. That chapter of destruction has finally calmed down. The violence in your life has finally calmed down, but you still have mental and emotional scars. And a life around you starts to begin to feel dull. It begins to feel gray. You begin to walk through life feeling like it's just stagnant, like there's nothing there. Your spiritual life begins to feel still, begins to feel stagnant. And I walked through one of these seasons too. Roughly two years ago, I was walking through this. I felt like I was going nowhere in life. I felt like my spiritual life was going nowhere in life. I felt like finally I'm out of this destruction chapter, but I'm still not entering that construction chapter that God has for me. And one day I walked into church Came into main service, sat in the boondocks as I normally did. And uh, I was sitting there and Bridge News comes on. And Pastor Gary comes right on screen and he says, hey, we need you to become a volunteer. And there was nothing really strange or unusual about this time. In fact, he's done it two weeks prior. But for some reason in that moment, it was like God spoke to me and said, hey, Cameron, this is the next step. This is what I want you to do. And immediately I, get, I, immediately, I was filled with all these emotions. And a lot of me was happy. A lot of me was very happy to just be like, finally, finally, I feel like my spiritual life can start moving. I feel like I can start going. But a lot of me was scared. A lot of me was nervous and anxious. You see, I had built a circle of isolation around me, and it felt almost comforting at this point. I didn't know what was in front of me. So one day I finally said, you know what, God, I don't know what you have in front of me. I don't know what's, what's in front. I don't know if it's going to hurt me, but you know what, I'm going to put my faith in you. Put my faith in you, and I'm going to take action. That's what I did. 
You see, I was, I was out of my season, out of my chapter of destruction, but I couldn't quite make it into my chapter of construction. But, what, but the moment that allowed me to, what I had to do to enter into that chapter of construction was it took faith and it took action. So if you feel like you are in that blank space today, if you feel like, hey, that's me, that's me. I feel like life around me is dull. I feel like life around me is just gray. Let me tell you something. I want you to write this down right now. It takes faith and action to exit your chapter of destruction and enter your chapter of construction. It takes faith and action to exit your chapter of destruction and enter your chapter of construction. You see, you can't just sit there. You can't just sit there and saying, well, I have faith. I have faith that God's going to move in my life and that things are going to happen. Well, you know what the Bible actually says about faith? The Bible says this in James 2.14. It says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? See, a lot of times we like to think as faith and action as two separate things. But that's not how the Bible portrays it. The Bible portrays faith and action as one thing together. You see, you can't have faith without action. And I believe God wants to instill this in us when we're in this blank space, when we're in this time between destruction and construction. I believe God wants to instill this in us because the thing about construction, the thing about the chapter of construction is construction takes work. Construction takes action. You can't just sit there. Construction takes being vulnerable with your mentors, with the people around you. It takes you actively moving. For me, when I knew, hey, this is the steps I need to take. This is what I need to do. You know what I did? The first thing I did? I went to Connecting Point. A little boring. <laughs> but that's what I did. I went to Connecting Point. I talked with the pastors. I began walking out life as a volunteer. I didn't just sit there saying, well, maybe one day it will happen. No, I walked it out actively. But lastly, as the band heads up. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like you are in that, that chapter of construction. You're saying, here I am. But you feel like, where's God? I feel like I'm in this chapter right now. I'm finally in this chapter of construction. But God's not working. Can I tell you something today? Are you being vulnerable? Are you taking action? Don't just sit there wondering where God is. No, take action expecting God to work in your life. Take action expecting God to work in your life. And maybe you don't feel like I'm in that chapter of construction, but hey, I'm in that chapter of destruction. My life, it feels like it's falling apart. I'm struggling. Maybe one of your family members hurt you. Maybe a friend hurt you. Maybe you feel like my friend group is completely falling apart. Maybe you were like me and you go to school, try to act normal, but the moment you get home, all you see is violence. All you see is just things breaking apart. That's you today. I want to tell you something. God never left you. God loves you. He understands what you are going through. So don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Don't let the enemy use isolation to keep you in that chapter of destruction. Be vulnerable. Talk to people in your life. Talk to the leaders in your life. Some of you saw a face standing up when the adult leader stood up. Maybe that's who you need to go to and talk to tonight. Finally, the last group of people I want to talk to are those people that feel like they're in that blank space. People that feel like life is just dull. Life is gray. I'm not going anywhere. My spiritual life is not going anywhere. I feel like your head's just filled with suicidal ideas. Can I tell you something? When I was at my lowest, when I was suicidal, when I felt like there was nothing for me in life, God still found me. God still found me and he laid out the steps in front of me that I need to take. Here's the thing. If God can use somebody who's mentally broken, who's going nowhere in life, who's suicidal like me, then he can use you. 
can use you. But it takes faith and action. So I'll say it again. It takes faith and action to exit your chapter of destruction and enter your chapter of construction. Now, I talked about God giving me the steps in my life to move. I feel it would be unfair to not give you guys a chance and a moment to hear from God and allow God to speak some steps into your life. So for the next moment, I'm going to ask everybody in the room to go ahead and bow their heads and close their eyes. And I'm going to give you guys some time. I'm going to give you guys an amount of time to really just hear from God. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to just be silent during this time. And I believe that God will come in and speak to you during this time and tell you exactly what the steps are that you need to take in your life. God, God, you have laid out the steps in my life that I needed to take. So right now, Lord, I pray that you point out those steps to those students right now that need it the most. Point it out to them right now. In your name, Lord, point it out to them. opportunity to come up here and speak. Lord, and I just want to pray over the students right now that feel like they are in that construction chapter. Lord, I pray that you would show them the actions that they need to take. Lord, I pray that you would be with them in those actions. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to take that action. Lord, Lord, I want to pray for those people that are in that chapter of destruction. Lord, I pray that you would be with them. Lord, I pray that you would show them that they are not alone, that you are with them. Show them that they are loved, Lord. Show them that they, can, they don't have to be alone, Lord. That there's people in their lives that care about them and that love them, Lord. Lastly, I want to pray for those people that are in that blank space, Lord. Lord, I pray that you've given them the steps that they need to take, Lord. Lord, I pray that you show them that they can be used, Lord. That you still have a plan for them, Lord. Lord, over all the students, I just pray healing in your name, Lord. People that have walked through things, Lord, that are still hurting them. They still have those mental scars, Lord, those emotional scars, Lord. I pray right now in your name that you would give them healing, Lord. Give them healing. Let them walk out of here, Lord, with that healing bestowed on them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give all of them peace, Lord. All of them peace. May my prayer. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we say thank you to Cameron for sharing that story? Hey, nobody moving around. Nobody distracting anybody. Um, in this moment, you might be connecting with that chapter of destruction. You might be in a moment where it feels like your entire life is falling apart. And Cameron just talked about and led us in the moment of asking God, well, what are my steps? Because I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to remain here. So God, what are my steps? Can I tell you right now? I'm going to give you your first step right now. Your first step is to turn towards God. And you're going to have the opportunity in just a moment to take that step, to give your life to Jesus, to surrender your life to Him, to say, I'm done trying to do this on my own. God, I'm done writing my own story. I want to take the pen of my life. I want to put it in your hand. I want to allow you to write the next chapter of my story. So if that's you and you're, if you're in this place, you're going to get that opportunity in just a moment. One more time, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, I pray, speak. Soften our hearts. I will give you, we want to give you our lives. We want to give you every chapter, the good and the bad, the broken and the blessed, the, the valleys and the mountaintops. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you would say, you know, Pastor Corey, that's me. 
that is me. I want to turn to God. I want to give Him my life. I want Him to write my, my next chapters. I want to put my trust in Him. I want forgiveness of my sins and a fresh start. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to respond in a very special and a unique way. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Bree had her moment. Cameron's had his moment. I've had my moment. So many people in this room have had their moments just like this one, where they surrendered their life to Christ, where they gave their life to God. This is your moment. Heads bow, eyes closed. When I get to three, if that's you, just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Wow. That is amazing. You can put your hands right back down. Proud of you. That's the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. We start this journey with, with prayer, with words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our heart. And we're a family here, so we pray together. So everybody in the room, would you repeat these simple words right after me? Wrap your heart around these words. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you every chapter. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for receiving me. And thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen, amen. Hey, one more time, can we thank Bree and Cameron for sharing their stories tonight? Amen. Hey, nobody distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? I think after hearing some stories like this, one of the best things we could do is worship. Nobody distracting anybody. Don't lose sight of the moment that we're about to have. This is another one of those press-in moments. I think one of the best things that we can do in seasons of struggle and hardship, whether we are struggling through chaos or we're pursuing peace, whether we're in a season of destruction or construction, is worship through it all. If today you've got some stuff out ahead of you that has you worried, can I just encourage you, worship through the worry. If you just were one of the brave people who raised their hand a few moments ago saying, yeah, you know what, I've struggled with mental health. Can I, can I encourage you? Worship through depression. Worship through anxiety. Worship through the valleys. If you're in the season of destruction, can I encourage you? Worship through destruction. If you feel like you're stagnant and in a, in a blank space, you know what a great step is to get out of that place? Worship through it. Because worship is not just songs that we sing. This isn't Christian karaoke. We don't put words on a screen for you to just mindlessly read these words. Worship is glorifying God. It's praising Him and telling Him how much we love Him. But worship is also warfare. It's our way of saying, you know what, enemy? I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to give in. I'm going to continue to trust God, even when things look bad, that He's going to turn it around for good. I'm going to have faith, and then I'm going to apply action. And one of the greatest actions that you can apply is to say, you know what, enemy? You think you have me pinned down? I'm not pinned down. I'll lift my hands up. I'll worship through this thing. In the midst of depression, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of backstabbing, in the midst of... Uh, uh, things that don't seem so certain out in my future. I'm going to trust you through it all, God. So all over this place, close your eyes, lift your hands right now. You're in the presence of God. And in this moment, for some of you, this is going to be the first time that this isn't just reading words off a screen. This is going to be the time where you're declaring words of faith that are going to sink into your heart. And you'll begin to have that faith rise up in you no matter what chapter or season of life you're in. So God, right now, I pray that faith would rise in this place. I pray hope would rise in this place. I pray for those who have been in chaos would receive peace as they worship you. That those who have who've been struggling with depression would receive joy as they worship you. That those who have worry in their hearts, God, that they would have faith growing in them. God, I pray that those who have been struggling with fear, God, just expecting the worst in this moment 
would have hope and expect your best over their lives. And God, that no matter what happens, no matter how bad things get, no matter how bad the world might look, no matter what's going on in and around our, our lives, that we're gonna worship you through it all. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's worship him with everything we got.